Where's Ralph? He's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual. Oh, boy. Hey, Ralph, can we get some of that, too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mmm, delicious. Yes, it worked! Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Now, when it comes to TV producer Norman Lear, hey... Gotta give him his props because the man opened the doors for black television. I know a lot of stuff about him. He didn't pay people. He done stole ideas, but his his power in Hollywood at the time, he opened the door for black television. Because look, before he started putting out black sitcoms, there was only one black show on TV, and that's Julia, starring Diane Carroll. Now, Eric Monty, though, right? Now, see, when Eric Monty, he hitchhiked all the way to Hollywood from Chicago. He was determined to get out of Cabrini Green's projects. And by the grace of God, he made it and survived from hitchhiking all the way to uh, Hollywood. And he ended up meeting Mike Evans, who was playing Lionel on the show, all in the family which was number one at the time and they became friends and he started helping Mike Evans with some of his scripts and that's when Mike Evans told producer Norman Lear about Eric Monty and he gave him some of his scripts and Norman Lear hired him as a writer and after that we just started seeing shows like Sanford and Son which was really based off a white British comedy called Steptoe and Son, who were some guys who sold junk. But Eric Monty told Norman Lear, you should cast a black man and his son in the show instead. But he didn't get no credit for that. And Sanford's son was a hit. Eric Monty didn't get no credit for that. Then the Jeffersons, right? Now, Eric Monty told normally about doing a show about a black man with his own dry cleaning laundry business. And that's when they added him to the All in the Family show with Archie Bonker as the next door neighbors. And then they came with the spinoff, The Jeffersons. And Eric Monty didn't get no credit for that. But one show Mike Evans and Eric Monty created really changed the game. And that's the show Good Times. But by that time, Eric Monty had had enough and he quit the show after they killed off James Evans because they didn't want a strong black father figure on TV for some reason. Wow, that's crazy. Because see, Good Times right? when Eric and Mike brought their original script to Norman Lear, it was called The Black Family. It was Maddie Black, 
James Black, Thelma Black, Michael Black, and J.J. Black. It was all about a black family from Chicago. But I, you know what? I'll do Eric Monty and Mike Evans' story later. But I want to first, let's first focus on some of the other cast members that have passed away from the show Good Times, right? Now, let's get into the story of Johnny Brown, who played Nathan Bookman, a.k.a. Buffalo Butt on good times you know y'all know he didn't like that name he really didn't like that name buffalo but but we'll get into that later though now johnny brown was born june 11th 1937 in st petersburg florida but he was raised in harlem new york now as a young boy he was blessed with a god-given talent to do a lot of things that just came natural to him look he was an athlete good in sports he could play basketball he was good at boxing now he was also good at making people laugh like a comedian he could sing he could write do voice impersonations and he could act and they say he can do a real good mean impression of louis armstrong but anyway now with all those skills he got that talent he got later on that would make him a well-rounded entertainer now, before he got into the acting thing, right, he tried his hand at music back in the 1950s, touring with a band with saxophonist Sam the Man Taylor. And he also put out his own music, too. He had songs like Walkie Talkie, Kissing Doll. Another song was called Sundown. And he did a song called You're Too Much In Love With Yourself and Don't Dilly Dally Dolly. Now, after that, he became a promoter. And he was promoting acts, but then he entered the Apollo Amateur Night Contest and won, which helped him earn a permanent spot at a nightclub where legendary tap dancer Gregory Hines Jr. will perform alongside his father, Gregory Hines Sr., who was a drummer. And he would also perform with a woman named June Russell, who later on became his wife for 61 years. Wow. Now... By him being able to do a lot of things with his talent, right? Singing, telling jokes, etc. He always had a job lined up and he started to become very popular, which led to him getting better job offers that pay him all year round because he can do a lot of things. Like the time he was working at Catskills, right? And he ended up meeting Sammy Davis Jr. Who fell in love with his talent. And Sammy took him under his wing. And got him a role. He got him the role of Ronnie for the Broadway production of Golden Boy. After Godfrey Cambridge got fired. And they had did over 500 shows for that play. Wow. That's a lot of shows man. And, and people say to be honest. He made the show better. Now after that. In 1966. He made his movie debut. Portraying a blind pianist with Sammy Davis Jr. called A Man Called Adam, which also featured his future Good Times co-star, Janae Dubois. In 1968, he landed a role in a stage play called Carry Me Back to Morningside Heights, which was directed by Sidney Portier, where Cicely Tyson was in it, Diane Ladd, Louis Gossett Jr., and David Steinberg. Now, after that, in 1970, by request, he was asked to come to Los Angeles for a role in Neil Simon's movie called 
the out-of-towners as a waiter on a train. And with Sammy Davis Jr. by his side as his mentor now, Sammy pulled some strings and got him a job on the show called The Leslie Augustus Show. Sammy Davis had a lot of power back then. He had some connections. Y'all know he was with the Rat Pack and all that. After that, I mean, he kept going. He was on the Flip Wilson show. He was on the show Mod. And also around that time, he became a regular on the sketch comedy show laughing through the connections of Sammy Davis Jr. And by him being on that show, the laughing, plus being on the show Mod, that's when Norman Lear wanted him to play the role of Lamont on his new show called Sanford and Son. But the only reason he didn't take the job was because of his contract with Laughing that prevented him from taking the opportunity. Wow. I don't know. Could y'all see uh, Johnny Brown playing Lamont instead of Desmond Wilson? What y'all think? I don't know. He might. He probably would have pulled it off, though. But anyway, now, when it comes to the show Good Times, right, they was in the second season, and one of the producers of the Good Times show named Alan Mannings used to be a writer for the Laugh-In show when Johnny Brown was there. And he was the one that got him the role as Nathan Bookman, the housing project superintendent for the show Good Times. I used to love when Bookman used to come on the show, trying to eat up all the food and, all, <laughs> and everything. But you know, he didn't like the name Buffalo Butt, man. In an interview, Johnny said that the staff went too far with the name Buffalo Butt. That's what he said. He said, sometimes you can do too much of a thing and it doesn't come natural with everything. Calling Bookman Buffalo Butt in the scene, it loses something. They even had Janet Jackson, who had just come on the show, answering like Mr. Buffalo Butt. And they used it in every show. They used it when I walked in the show all through the scene when i left the scene they used it i couldn't say anything because i had a wife and two kids to support but now at my age i would have to say something wow that's what johnny brown said in an interview about the name buffalo but he didn't like it but anyway look he made an impact on that show good times in my opinion and you know what he was there Johnny Brown was there when a lot of the drama was going on with the cast members, too. Jimmy Walker, who played J.J. Evans, right? He said in an interview that he used to tell Johnny Brown all the time that one of these days they're going to cancel the show and everybody's going to wonder what happened because they just don't get it. Hmm. But, you know, Johnny, Johnny Brown was a very intelligent guy, man, who was about his business. He was in ads and commercials for Wright Brother Pens. And all through the years, he appeared in a lot of shows, man. He was on a lot of shows. Jefferson's, Fantasy Island, Martin, Family Matters, Wayne Brothers, all of that. He was in a bunch of shows, man. He did some voice work for Alvin and the Chipmunks and Plastic Man and everything. But on March 2nd, 2022, Johnny Brown died. Now, they say he collapsed after leaving a doctor's appointment for his pacemaker. And, you know, he was pronounced dead when they brought him to the hospital. Wow. Sad, man. Truly be missed, man. He was 84 years old. 
Rest in peace to Johnny Brown. Now, let's get into the story of Theodore Teddy Wilson, who plays Sweet Daddy on the show Good Times, right? Now, Theodore Teddy Wilson was born December 10th, 1943 in Harlem, New York. Now, him and his family ended up moving to Florida when he was young, so he was raised out there in the South. So, after graduating from high school as a drum major for the Marching 100 band in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, he went to college and studied music at Florida A&M University. And later on, ended up switching to drama to try acting. Now wanting to pursue an acting career, he came back to New York and joined the Negro Ensemble Company. And the first movie he made his acting debut in was the film called Cotton Comes to Harlem, which was a exploitation movie back in 1970. That was a big movie in the black community at that time, man. A lot of, you know what, a lot of celebrities' careers started off from that movie. It was directed by Ozzie Davis. Now, after that movie, he wanted to take his acting career to another level, so he moved to California and ended up landing a role on the show The Waltons as Reverend Hawthorne Dooley. And then he landed a role on the CBS sitcom Roll Out as High Strung. Now, one of the first shows a lot of people probably know him from is the show called That's My Mama as Earl Chambers, the postman. And he appeared in like 38 episodes on that show. That was a big role for him. He also did an episode on the show MASH too. Now, after that, around 1976... He ended up signing with Norman Lear's company, Tandem Productions, and once he got on board there, that's when he started appearing in a lot of the top popular shows at the time. Like, he was in All in the Family, Sanford and Son, What's Happening, The Jeffersons, and 13 Queens Boulevard. But the show that I know him from is from Good Times at Sweet Daddy, in which he appeared in 1976 with a recurring role. Sweet Daddy was Sweet Daddy was the man, man, on that show, and and look, he had Bubba Smith as one of his bodyguards too. I'm gonna do Bubba Smith's story too, but I'm gonna do his by himself because uh, you know, he had a big career in football. He was on Police Academy and all that, but um, yeah, he played Sweet Daddy, the neighborhood pimp and hustler in the hood. Sweet Daddy. <laughs> Sweet Daddy used to tell J.J. when um, J.J. used to be late with his money that he borrowed from his favorite line. J.J., you in some trouble? <laughs> Sweet Daddy was crazy, man. Now, in 1977, after Red Fox and Desmond Wilson left the show Sanford and Son, right? Norman Lear, they decided to create a, a, a spinoff show called Sanford Arms with Teddy Wilson playing the lead character named Phil Wheeler. But after one season, well, really, after four episodes, only four episodes, the show ended up canceled due to low ratings, according to them. But, you know, after that, Teddy continued to land roles on shows like The White Shadow, uh, the spinoff from The Dukes of Hazard. He was in Gimme a Break, Golden Girls, uh, What's Happening Now, Dallas, Quantum Leap, and many more. Plus, he was still he's still doing movies. He was featured in a film like um, The Hunter, starring Steve McQueen, and Life Stinks, which was directed and starring Mel Brooks. 
He also married actress Joan Pringle, who y'all probably know from the show, That's My Mama. She was on that show with him. And she was on the other show too with him, White Shadow. And, she, and Joan Pringle, she did a lot of stuff. She was in Kojak, Tyler Perry's Daddy's Little Girls. Um, she was on the show Girlfriends, the soap opera General Hospital. She was on a lot of stuff though, man. But on July 21st, 1991, Teddy Wilson died of complications from a stroke. And they say several years before he had undergone open heart surgery. But here's the crazy part though, right? Now, there's a lot of reports saying he actually died from AIDS. But I don't know if that's true or not. But if you research his name, more than likely he's going to say he died from HIV AIDS. Wow. Uh, he was 47 years old. Rest in peace to Theodore Teddy Wilson. Now, let's get into the actor Ben Powers, who played football player Keith Anderson and Thelma's husband on the show Good Times, right? Now, Ben Powers was born on July 5th, 1950 in Brooklyn, New York, but raised in Providence, Rhode Island. Now, growing up, Ben used to sing in his church choir and he later attended Rhode Island School of Design studying painting and sketching. After that, he got into stage acting in his hometown and he began his acting career at Trinity Repertory Theater. Now, he also started doing stand-up comedy routines and he would perform and do impressions plus singing music he had written until he finally got discovered by a Hollywood agent. And once he got an agent, he started performing at Playboy Clubs in New York, um, Los Angeles, and Boston, which led to him making an appearance on NBC's Laughing. And being on that show Laughing, that led to him getting a role as Keith Anderson on the show Good Times in the last season. He appeared in 24 episodes of the last season of Good Times. You know, Keith was cool on that show, man. He was cool. He was, he was cool on the show. I remember I remember that episode when he was drunk and he slapped Thelma. And, and at the end, Thelma slapped him back with the left hand, too. Man. And, you know, he could do some really good impressions, too. He can sing. He, he can sing and sound like that person with his impressions, man. He was, he was real good with the impressions. I think... Uh, I want to say him and Janet came at the same time on the show, but I think Janet might have came one season before him, though. Now, once Good Times was over, he continued to star in other stuff like the shows Give Me a Break, Laverne and Shirley, The New Odd Couple, and um, The Great American Hero. He also was featured in some movies like Cheech and Chong's Next Movie, Things Are Tough All Over, and The Man Who Loved Women, starring Burt Reynolds. And the only other big role besides Good Times he had was on the CBS series called The New Mike Hammer, that stars Stacey Keach. And he played the character Moochie, appearing in 13 episodes. After that, I mean, he continued to land little roles in Hollywood for some years, but nothing really major. And on April 6, 2015, Ben Powers died from liver cancer. He was 64 years old. 
Rest in peace to Ben Powers. Now, let's get into the story of Helen Martin, who played Wanda on Good Times. Weeping Wanda. <laughs> now, uh, Helen Martin was born July 23, 1909 in St. Louis, Missouri, but later raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, growing up during that time, it was very racist for her. And she went to segregated schools, but she didn't let that stop her dreams, though, because she was determined to make it in showbiz some kind of way. She said she didn't care what she was going to do, singing, dancing, acting or whatever. She just wanted to be in showbiz. But she did say she couldn't dance a lick, though. She said she couldn't dance. Now, during her high school days, right, she started off singing and performing in theaters in her hometown and... Her family wanted her to go to college, and she did that for them, but that just wasn't what she wanted to do. So she ended up dropping out to pursue her dreams of acting. So she ended up moving to Chicago and managed to land a, a theatrical job under the Federal Theater Project, which was an organization that helped out-of-work directors, actors, and writers with employment. Then she moved to New York to study acting and she also became one of the founding members of the Harlem-based American Negro Theater that launched the careers of legendary actors like Sidney Poitier, Harry Belafonte, Ruby D, and Ozzie Davis. Now after that she started doing her thing on Broadway and she appeared in over 40 stage plays like Orchids back in 1937. She was in a play called Native Son in 1941 she did pearly and many more she did a lot of plays she did a lot of stuff now after that she started acting in movies she got into the movies she landed a lot of roles and i'm gonna run through some of them now she did the first movie she did was cotton comes to harlem with red fox which was his first movie also teddy wilson was in that too um she did death wish with charles bronson she was in Maude. She landed a role as Laura on the sitcom That's My Mama and a bunch of other movies. Now, in 1974, she landed the role of Wanda on Good Times. And if y'all remember, she was always crying every time you see her in the episode. Weeping Wanda, that's what they called her. But I also loved her on the show 227 as Pearl. Pearl's nosy, man. Pearl was always looking out the window being nosy. She was funny on that show, her and her grandson, Calvin. But, you know, speaking of the show 227, here's some history about that show. Now, 227, right? A lot of people don't know it started off as a play. It was a play written by Christine Houston. And um, Christine Houston said it was about her building that she stayed in which was called 227 in Chicago. But when NBC picked up the show, when they picked it up, they changed it from Chicago to Washington, D.C. And the role of Pearl really was about a blind man who used to be in the window. But Marla Gibbs wanted Helen to play the role, so that's how she got that role. Her and Marla Gibbs was cool at that time. Now, that role, Pearl, is probably the one everybody probably really know her from because she appeared in 115 episodes of that show now some other things that she was in 
that were classics to me. House Party 2, playing the grandmother of full force. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Oh, man. She was crazy funny in that, especially when Sean Wayans punched her in the face. That was crazy. And she smoked up all Loke Dog's uh, weed. Oh, man. I got to watch that movie again. She was in Bowdy, too, with Master P. She was smoking weed in that. And she drew that knife on that crackhead pimp dude. That was crazy, too. You know, a lot of her roles, though, she always played a, She always played somebody's grandmother. Hollywood Shuffle, I Got the Hookup, Bullworth, a whole bunch of other films, too. She always played somebody's grandmother. But, you know, she was in a lot of stuff, though, over her whole career. Her acting career spanned across six decades. Wow. That's crazy. You know, in one of her last interviews, right... The host, the host was asking her why haven't people seen her in any new movies, right? And Helen, you know, she old school and she straight up. She don't hold her tongue for nothing. And she said she was unemployed at the time because Hollywood is racist. And it's always been like that her whole career. Wow. You know, if anybody knows how Hollywood operates, she knows because she's been in the industry a long time. But, you know, on March 25th, 2000, Helen Martin died from a heart attack, man. Yeah, she was she was a legend, man. She'd been in a lot of movies. And, you know, she was a widow and she never had children. She was 90 years old. Wow. Rest in peace, Helen Martin. 